everybody. Welcome back into the Media Tavern, the place where two guys just love to rap about stuff they've watched and listened to. My name is Eric. This is my good friend Todd right here. How you doing? I'm glad to be back again. I just love doing this stuff. I'm glad to see you, buddy. Nice seeing you. Um, I cherish our conversations about stuff that probably not that many people care about except me and you, and we can really... We can really tear it up, so it's this good. This is true, and we get to record it too, so so we can and share it with it. the world, buddy. As the meme goes, uh, you know, December first to the twenty sixth, you're feeling very, uh, you know, festive, and then the twenty seventh onward, you're kind of confused and full of cheese, and you don't know what day it is. That, so we're like in that zone right now. I feel like that's me all the time, though. <laughs> so it doesn't have anything to do with any particular time of year. You're saying like you're a confused with full of cheese 24 7 365 kind of guy i think so all I right think so yeah i can buy that that's Constantly. nothing that's so. own it bud that's what i say speaking of own it look at uh look what i'm wearing here do you recognize this is from a movie I'm all right so wearing. i'm looking at this shirt you're wearing you might as well um, tell our podcasting audience so todd is wearing a glow-in-the-dark body skeleton like torso t-shirt like i don't know if it glows in the dark it looks like it might but we uh, tell me what that <clears throat> what's going on with this thing. Tell me. This is from. The, it looks familiar. Let me put it that way. It's uh, about a fictitious band. The movie's about a fictitious band. Probably. Way oh, off. wait a minute. Hang on. Is this is is that Nigel Tufnell's T-shirt? Yes. Nice. Hell yes. Nineteen eighty four. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. As soon as you said band, I'm like, I saw that image of him with that shirt on. Yep. And he's like, then he say something like, it's talking about his guitars and oh, that well, that's where the famous, uh, that's the scene with the famous overly used line. Now this goes to eleven, yeah. But uh, in the guitar shop there, and uh, well, it's not really supposed to be a guitar shop. That's supposed to be his personal collection of guitars. It was actually shot in a guitar shop. That's why there's still tags on on the guitars. Uh, Do you ever listen to like Spinal Tap records, like like? I as have, legitimately I have listening some to music. of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, you I know what album is great? Is Break Like the Wind, the one that came out kind of like in the early 2000s after. and no one cared about? Okay. Oh, is it? Really? Yeah, it's awesome. It's got tons of great stuff on it. They um, What's neat about that is that they, they, they write all their own music, and all that stuff was written by that, those guys. And I just thought yeah. it was so impressive. If you ever watch the um, the the blu-ray or dvd and, and they have the outtakes there's a whole collection of outtakes that they've actually kind of put together it's almost like another film it's yeah. almost like a companion film and you see the guys actually playing um the, the the little song that they kind of hum in the in the in the restaurant uh i want to go home or whatever it is they're yeah. actually playing, all the way home yeah all, all the way, way home, home. playing an acoustic version of it and it's like wow that's really impressive those guys are great so i I don't know. I, I I just love that movie. I know everything about it. I quote it all the time. It's yeah, one me of the too. Best films ever. That's that movie became such a game changer in the whole musical zeitgeist because it instantly made everything like people feel dumb about being in a band, and you know what I mean. Like it made people feel like really like self conscious about it. You know, yeah, well, I'm sure. Yeah, there's a fine line between clever and stupid. So, well, like, sure, we're still exploring that one. Yeah, um, every day, and, you know, it's a great, I was talking to somebody about that movie the other day and I was watching the outtakes, uh, with a friend, with a friend of mine, and we're talking about the outtakes Yeah, 
And we're talking about how there's a great whole scene with Bru- the great Bruno Kirby that they they pulled out of the movie where you know he's their chauffeur and oh yeah yeah and he's like you know uh, they Frank uh, Sammy Davis Jr. has a book you know called yeah, yeah, yes yeah. I can but it should be called yes I can if Frank's not it was, it was Frank okay. I think it was Frank's book yeah yeah no sammy davis jr wrote the oh, book and he's like okay should be called yes i can if frank sinatra says oh it's that's okay. true yes okay but so but it, the, in the scene there's a whole thing where like bruno kirby like the outtake where bruno kirby like totally burns the band like he like makes fun of them in the hotel room yeah and they obviously pulled that out for time but also i think they pulled it out because it would be the only time in the whole movie where someone uh where um like they got they got over on they make fun of him a, a lot or something and it's like the only time in the movie where uh bruno kirby actually like like they get over on someone you know what i mean like it's it, like they 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 always everything goes down in flames for them except this one scene so they kind of changed it but i'd have to see it again that sounds familiar it's yeah. been a while since i've seen that but i just i loved all that outtake stuff and you could see why they took the stuff out but it was just a nice little parallel little like almost a film because they put it in order like you know like the the whole journey of the whole uh spinal tap movie yeah but it all they put it all in the same order and i just thought it was great it wasn't just a collection of outtakes so you know, look at this scene look at this scene look at this scene whenever you buy a dvd like they seem to break it out just put it in one one big chunk I, yeah i just and and Harry Shearer and Mike McKeon and Christopher Guest are all great musicians, like you were saying. Yeah. Like, like you ever saw The Folksman? Did you ever yes, see I that? Did. I've got all. I've awesome. got all those movies. Yeah. And also on the DVD of Spinal Tap, if you ever listen to the commentary track while watching the film, that is a riot because what they are in character, the three guys are in character, and they're like criticizing. The story is they didn't realize that people took this documentary as um, as a joke. And so they realized after, you know, years and years they're watching this and they, they're all kind of like in denial of this and they're angry at people and they're, they're pointing out different people and they're like, see that, see that a waitress behind the counter there. Yeah. She's dead. See uh, the, every, every like extra in the film, they're saying, Oh, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great, it's awesome. That whole DVD is just such a fun experience. So yeah, it's it's a it's it's a great document, and it's funny because it's totally like legit holds up now. Yeah, like if you yeah, watch it, it, does. it does. everything is great. It's so much fun, and I just love the obliviousness of all the characters. They're really, like you said, it, it made bands. I'm sure very self conscious about what they say and did now because they probably felt like they were expounding, you know, wisdom to the world and. A lot of the stuff they're saying is just so nonsensical. It just doesn't oh, and tons of bands like from that era, like that they're supposed to be from, like yeah. understood that they were being made fun of, and were like super, like wow, we really saw ourselves yeah, in that, step you know? It up. Yeah. So, anyways, um, but that's not what we're talking about today. What movie are we talking about today, Todd? What? I've got the need, the need for speed. Let's go, bro. Top Gun Maverick. Let's hit okay. it. Take my breath away. Wow. Bum, bum, bum. Digging out the classics. Yeah. You know. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I watched Top Gun Maverick. Um, I'm going to do a little disclosure here. I didn't see it in the theater like many people did. Yeah, I didn't either. 
Okay. I saw it on at home. Um, so my and your um, experience may vary, but. Um, Let me ask you this before you start. Did you see the original Top Gun? So I saw it like when I was a tiny kid and uh, not that tiny, but I was a kid. And um, uh, I watched it again right before I watched the before I watched Maverick. Okay. So I watched both on the same day. Okay. Um, and I've got some, I've got some things. I've got some, some notes, to, let's say, well, on the it, first one it, as well. Give, give me uh, your reaction to the, the film. All right. So before we get into Maverick, I want to talk about regular Top Gun. What is the deal with uh, how many showers those guys take? In I never Top saw Gun? the movie. So honestly, Bro, I, I, yeah, what are I we never doing saw here? it. Yeah, so I, I should have like g- gave you that when you talked about. It. I never. Um, I, I'll be honest. During uh, that point in Tom Cruise's career, I just didn't care for his attitude. You know, like it came across too cocky, and this in this film seemed to be the epitome of that. And so I, I'll be quite honest. The early Tom Cruise films, like uh, Cocktail and What's the one word the the Bob Seger song? I can't even think of. Uh, Home Alone. No, not Home Alone. Whatever it's called, but yeah, I'm sure it's you know risky it, business. Reckless is it not reckless. It's risky business. Risky I was just business. kidding yeah, that it wasn't. It's not Home Alone. Um, I I never saw any of those. I think the first top, the first um Tom Cruise film I ever saw was Minority Report. So it took several years before. Damn, I had that's yeah. late to the game, homie. Yeah, now I've gone backwards and I've seen some of his stuff since but um, so, yeah i never saw top gun it never interested me i'm never like i'm not really into like airplanes and jets and all that kind of stuff so eh, didn't when really... i was a kid i was a big D nerd and uh legend was a movie that he's in where he fights this giant oh yeah that was du- that was done by uh ridley scott yeah tim tim curry's the demon or whatever it's yeah. really good but so we won't go too much into Top Gun one, other than the fact that literally about every half hour after like a jet sequence, the whole gang is in there showering, and they're all like snapping towels and being all sweaty. I'm like, I understand that being like a, a jet pilot is stressful, but we don't need not to on a football team. Like you're not. <laughs> why are they showering constantly? And why are you guys showering together? Like you guys need to shower at the same time. You can't like yeah, I'm gonna take showers and everything. Like was it was it was for the butt. <laughs> selling points i guess uh there's a lot of guys like fit men in towels around their waists you know oh. what i mean young okay. young hungry studs like uh <laughs> you know like tom and uh everybody else the whole nope. gang yeah but um val kilmer uh, yeah val who we'll get into here in a minute yeah. okay so the rundown of I'm going to make this quick because I think everyone on earth has seen this movie pretty much. But like, first of all, well, actually, let's start here. What did you think of this movie overall? So I've watched it twice. Um, I saw it when it first became available digi- digitally. Um, my reaction the first time was, well, here's the thing. Everybody on the planet talked about that. This movie is so great. And a lot of them compared it to Star Wars, which, as you know, is my favorite film. So it's like, you are setting the bar really high. So I um, I watched it, and it was okay. I went away with it was okay. Um, like, it didn't 
blow me away as everyone talked about it. In prep for this review, I watched it just, actually, I just finished it right before we started recording this. Um, I enjoyed it more the second time around because, uh, you know, all the pressure was off, you know. So I just kind of went into like, okay, I'm just going to watch this film with, the, you know, a fair kind of point of view. And I enjoyed it. I could see where um, I was touched, you know, where the emotional bits were. Um, or the flashbacks didn't really mean much to me, but I understood what they were about. Um, the, the, you know, the father son, you know, kind of thing going on there, even with, uh, Tom Cruise to whatever his name is, um, uh, Miles, Miles Teller, Tyler. Yeah. Teller, um, Miles Tyler, <laughs> Teller, Teller. Sorry. It's still early. I, I know, swear I need too. another cup of coffee. Um, I, Overall, I enjoyed it. I don't understand Jennifer Connelly's role in it because I don't think she was in the first one. So I didn't get like, yeah, she was. they were doing all these throwbacks to the first film. And you almost felt like if you didn't, like myself, if you didn't know if she was or wasn't in the first she was, film, she you had would nothing, think she was. She, so, all right, well, yeah, let's, let's go through it and then we'll talk overall, about it. Overall, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's a good, it's a, it's a decent film. I, it just... It's not on par with Star Wars, so sorry. Um, I'm kind of the same way. I thought it was fine. I mean, I everyone was like losing their shit about it, going nuts, saying it's the greatest thing ever, and I'm and I enjoyed it. I mean, it was fine. And yeah. again, back to my caveat from before: had maybe I seen it in the theater, I might have been like, "Whoa, that was amazing!" But it was like, I mean, it was cool. It was good. So, um, all right, quick synopsis is, uh. We're back with Pete Maverick Mitchell. Tom Cruise plays the, uh, you know, kind of the the hero, the hero of the movie. Uh, he's kind of, this is 30 years later after he's won Top Gun back in the first one, which I'll explain to you later. Um, and uh, so he's kind of like a test pilot. He's sort of like not really made anywhere in his career. He's kind of like stalled out a captain and they bring that up quite a bit. And um, so there gets they they there's like some kind of like mission that has to be run and i believe this is where the star wars part of it comes in the whole like mission itself is very blow up the death starry kind of uh and they want uh pete mav thinks originally that they want him to go fly it but what they want him to do is teach a, he, they want him to teach a team how to do this particular like maneuver this run and complete this mission so we're off and running. Tom goes to, sorry, Mav goes to um, uh, back to Top Gun, meets up with the ragtag team of the best of the best. One of them being Goose's son, uh, who Goose in the first movie was killed. Uh, and it was it was Mav's best friend. And he got killed by an, in an accident with a jet wash. And it was he was kind of blamed for it. So Miles Teller plays the son. And he's um, it almost kind of looks like him, too. Like he does. The, they, they, the weird was, mustache and the hair. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has all like they, they kind of build in the personality traits like he's super fun and he can play piano and all that kind of stuff. And um, so. There's like friction between Pete and, you know, you killed my dad kind of thing with Mav. Um, And then they go through the training and it's sort of like the typical, like not typical, but like 
you know, here's the training. You're going to learn how to be the best of the best in my office now, that kind of thing. You know, all those, all those things that fail and repeat, fail and repeat. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, Finally, eventually they kind of get to the point where um, they're going to not, they're not going to do it. Like they're, it's over and um, uh, they're going to just wash out the program. But then Tom comes through in the last minute. Maverick makes the run. Even though they say that it can't be done, he makes the run in two point five two two minutes fifteen seconds. Yeah, less than uh, what they you expected. Know, bucking yeah. the system and jumps in yeah. his jet and does it and proves that it can be done. Now they have no choice but to actually do it because they can see that there's proof of concept. They do the and he mission. Had actually got he had actually got kicked off of the program. Yes, he'd and then when he when he did program. that little maneuver. Uh, uh, what's his name? Why do I? Why am I forgetting everybody's name? Uh, John Ham, his uh, superior, uh, uh, has him come back in, and that moment's kind of emotional. I thought it was like it was a nice, uh, nice turnaround. It was uh, the old. It was the old. In every movie ever, I don't like you, but damn it, I respect you. Exactly. Every single movie like yeah. this has that. Yeah, thing. but it was good. It was done really well. You know, like I'm, he's going to put his career on on. You know, his own career is going to be under suspicion, you know, allowing this to happen. And he but he felt like it was the right thing to do. And he was kind of like the antagonist of sorts to Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Cruise's character for the first part of the movie. I don't know. I think even still going forward, every time they cut to John Hamm, he was like just this disapproving look, even though he knew he did respect him, like you said. Uh, and then there's kind of a subplot with um, Jennifer Connelly, who wasn't in Top Gun one Top Gun. Yeah. But they build it in that she would always kind of been there in the background. And yeah. like she'd always they her, they had messed around back in the day, her and her and Maverick. And um, she has a bar and they all kind of hang out. All the flyboys hang out at the bar and um, they all shoot pool and, you know, hit each other in in the nuts with pool cues and stuff. All I didn't this, really get this. the bell thing too much. Like that was a big, so like, I don't know. No what phone did. on the bar or else you have to pay for a round. Okay. I got that. But then you have to pay for everybody. I mean, that's, that's a tab, man. Well, like, that was my thing in that part. There was like a thousand people. I mean, there was like 400 people there. Yeah. And, was, and then when he did it again, like, there was like 4,000 like people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and the, I don't even know what he did wrong the second time. What did he? Uh, they just rang the bell. So Jennifer oh. Connelly, I she I thought she was great, but I didn't. Her thing was really nothing. Like they could have not even had her in there. You could have cut that whole subplot out. It wouldn't have affected the story at all, other than the ending. You know, like he's got something to return to, kind of thing. Um, I thought she was great, but it was just kind of like a very thin character. Yeah, you know? I I like her. I like pretty much everything I've seen with her in it. She's a believable. She plays believable people, you know, that you can relate to. I've heard it said that she's really a good um, foil, like, partner for Tom Cruise because he's so, like, ridiculously famous and, like, elect. you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, such a giant star that she's really good at, like, kind of, like, the chemistry was good between them, and she's good at kind of, like, counterbalancing him. In oh, those okay. Yeah, I could see that. I know. thought that was true, too. And she carried herself well, I think. Like, you... you you didn't believe sometimes when they put women in these like kind of power roles, they, you think, nah, I don't, I don't buy it, but you bought it with her. Like yeah. she, you could see that she owned the bar and that she was, she was tough, you know, 
um, tough in but her fair. Own, yeah, tough but fair in in her own arena. But then she she played you know a nice feminine character in their relationship. You know, so like yeah. I don't know, it, it worked well. So then basically they end up achieving their goal and and finishing the Kessel Run in less than than five parsecs, and then. Uh, and then they, then it's like, great job. Yay. And then that's kind of pretty much the end. They sort of, well, no, no, no. Then you got all these, uh, jet fighters coming after them. And actually, actually them, that's, what's kind of interesting of the story, which changes from the star Wars direction is they, they finish their mission. And then that's when the problem begins because these missiles, counteractive missiles start coming after them. Then there's these, uh, you know, enemy uh, jets that start coming after them and shooting Biggs. them down, and and that's and they actually crash. And you know, I mean, yeah. So Miles Teller yeah. saves his life, yeah. saves Tom's life. He's this like Mig is bearing down on him, about ready to take him out, and then Miles Teller, Goose's kid, comes flying in and saves him. You know, like boom. And um, that was actually my favorite. Though that dogfight at the end was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was very good. Seeing it the second time, I really enjoyed, it. and it felt if. It, you did feel the tension, you know? Yeah. And so both of their planes crash in like the frozen tundra of wherever the, wherever they were. Yeah. And uh, so they find each other, which is also absurd, but awesome. Like they would probably be like 10 miles apart at least, but yeah, yeah. they find each other and he's like, what are you doing up there? Yeah. What were you thinking? I thought they were going to hug it out. And then he starts, Tom Cruise starts beating the crap. Yeah. Out but Miles has the line of the, the movie when he's like, you told me not to think. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I was like, Oh uh, yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. Let's hug so, it out. Um, so they kind of like have to make their way to an air, the air base that they just blew up um, that they, cause they had sent out rockets to like knock out the, their counter planes when they were doing the run. And they find an old F 14 baby. Look out! The old Top Gun model, the one that looked like oh, a is that what it was? Museum the, the piece, yeah, model. it was the one that they were flying okay. thirty years ago. All right, so they they jump in there, fire that baby up, and go ahead, tell them what happens. Uh, it, well, that's when the dogfight happens again. Um, so they these uh, enemy craft start uh, closing in on them, and they think uh, I thought he was I. It would have been so cool if he was going to like say fly casual because i thought that would have been a nice callback to return of the jedi but because these other ships start coming up, up on them and they're trying to act cool they're trying to act like oh, he's yeah, like we're one of you. on his thing like yeah and they, yeah. He, they're doing hand signals and he's like i have no idea what he's doing and all of a sudden they take these counter action moves and start basically drilling him down but through different flying maneuvers and magic and boomity booms they they win the show and they take off, and all of a sudden, another enemy craft is coming towards them, and and they're out of missiles, they're out of guns, they're like, yeah, oh, that, that is- old the old museum piece flying in the air, yep. running low on everything. And what happens? Han Solo sweeps in right at the very end. Yahoo! You're all clear, kid. Thing go, great shot, kid. One in a million. Yeah, one of the cocky uh, pilots. Uh, came in with a jet and blew up the guy, the bad guy. And uh, everybody's happy. Tom Cruise goes home to Jennifer Connelly. She's not there. He goes back into his garage and starts uh, wrenching on jets. And Jennifer Connelly comes back with her girl and everybody happy. And they all fly off into the sunset and blah, blah, blah. So, so, okay. So there's a couple things that we didn't address in that synopsis. Okay. 
Uh, one is Glenn Powell, who I thought was awesome in this, even though he seems like he's about my age, but I love him though. Who's Glenn Powell? He played Hangman. He's the guy who saved him at the end. Oh, okay. I did. Uh, what what I, else has he been in? I don't. I'm not familiar he's with him. Kind of like Glenn Powell in it. I think he's like a TV guy. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go with your TV. Um, but Iceman. We got to talk about Iceman. Oh, okay. Val Kilmer. Yeah. So the reason that Tom, uh, the reason that Maverick is uh, brought back is because his old nemesis slash buddy Iceman is now running the whole the whole division there. He's like the rear admiral, and he believes in Maverick coming back and doing this thing. And he's the only reason that Tom slash Maverick isn't grounded. Uh, and so uh, Iceman has him come back and they kind of do this thing where to avoid either showing or getting too much into the weeds with Val Kilmer's physical situation. People may not know. uh, Yeah. People may not know that Val Kilmer has throat cancer and that there's a whole documentary on Netflix about his uh, Val Kilmer used to take a bunch of video footage uh, through his, you had video cameras everywhere, all the time. Everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, kind of like me, (laughs) I mean, I've got I've got everything recorded since I was a kid, um, and he's the, he got throat cancer, and it just it got increasingly worse and worse and worse, and he can't he can't speak now. He's got one of those little vocoder things or whatever they can put up to his throat, and it you know he sounds like a robot. Um, but they in the scene they've got him wearing like a, like a scarf to kind of cover that hole. And he type when uh, Tom Cruise goes to visit him. I'm sorry, Pete Mav- Mitchell goes in. Maverick goes in to uh, visit him. Uh, Val is uh, talking to him on his. He's just like he's got a word processor open. He's like, "What do we want to talk about? I want to talk about this." He's like clicking it out on his keys, clickety clickety click. And I just thought, "Oh, this is kind of cheap." I mean, it's nice that he's in there. Um, but I thought that they were going to do something with him. And then right at the end, he, he says a line and I guess they, uh, digitally, uh, uh, AI recreated his voice, uh, for that, for the movie. And so he, he mouths the words obviously, but it's his voice that was AI created for the scene, which is pretty cool. And you could tell because his character in the movie also has cancer. Yeah, and 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 they kind of address that or disguise it by a lot of their communications via text, like phone texting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and and if if you go into the movie knowing that Val Kilmer is very sick, and and you know the text messages seems like well that's a cheap way of including him in, but then when you do see him and he's doing the typewriter, I'm like okay, well. It's still kind of cheap, but at least he's in there. And then when they, he does the voice, it's I'm, I'm sure for people who care about the first film, um, that must have been a very emotional you know, scene. If you know all that, if you know all that stuff, um, that probably was a very emotional. It didn't strike me as emotional, but I could see how it was very designed. Yeah, I mean, Iceman was like, you know, his nemesis, but then they begrudgingly became friends. So, of yeah. course, he's, you know. You're the best, damn it! I respect you, that kind of thing. But it was, but I thought they handled that pretty well. Yeah. Um, I it was a, it's kind of tough to to deal because when you look at like someone like Val Kilmer and then you look at Tom Cruise, they're like exactly the same age. Mm. 
I mean, or very close in age. So it's like, but they look like different. They're from different centuries. Yeah, yeah. they do now. Well, I'm sure that cancer has just taken a complete. Oh yeah, for on, sure on him. But yeah. Uh, so and then, and then um, not to give it away, like we have given everything else away. Val Kilmer's character does die uh, in the movie, and then I quick did a IMDb make sure he was still alive. I didn't know if he actually died in the making of this film. Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer himself is still alive. But uh, the character dies. Yeah, but uh, and I, I that I thought that was kind of like a, a very movie, uh, well done movie thing. You know, the funeral and he slaps the wings on the coffin and stuff. And yeah. I, I thought that was pretty pretty emotional. Yeah, it was done well. Uh, so I'm not going to ask you for a rating on this movie, but what? Yeah, I don't know how we do, do our ratings. Would yeah, I see I it know. again? Is usually my rating, like I said last time, and. I saw it again. Would I see it again, again? Maybe. Maybe if I'm in the mood. What about you? I'm good. I saw it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I don't know. Do you like, see I like movies Tom often. A lot. Do you see movies on repeat? I mean, I I there's movies I can watch continuously over and over and I never get tired of them. I'm not a big repeater of movies or TV for that matter. Like I don't, I, I, there's so much for me to go forward and I'm not trying to sound like I'm noble or like, Oh, there's so much out there. I just, yeah, I, I I don't even own a TV. (laughs) Um, But I just don't, I I just usually just would rather go on, you know, some things I'll rewatch. I probably won't visit this again. Although while I watched it, it was great. And it went, you know, I enjoyed it. It was fine. Well, I enjoyed it the second time. So, all right. Well, there's that's a, there's that. That's good. All right. Now I think it's time for us to turn into our corners. Today in my corner, I'm going to talk about a show I've been watching on Paramount Plus. Again, this isn't like the Paramount Plus special edition, but we're going to go for it anyway. Uh, there's a show with Sylvester Stallone called uh, Tulsa King. Oh, it is bananas. Like bananas, going- like good bananas. I don't know. It's one of those shows, like most, like most Taylor Sheridan shows that I've ever watched. This being a Taylor, uh, uh, T- Taylor Sheridan show, I have no idea if it's good or bad. Like I don't know. Um, what what else has this guy done? I'm not familiar. He's with done that. everything. Like everything that's on TV right now, pretty much. Like like, um, uh, Yellowstone. Oh, uh, he's done. Um, which something we talked about, or mayor of Easttown, I'm uh, sorry, mayor of Kingstown. Um, he's doing that new so, um, Harrison Ford show, uh, the 1883, I think it oh, is. 19... Or 1923. There's yeah. like a million different yeah. movie years. But t- so Tulsa stuff, King, right? Tulsa King is like um, Sylvester Stallone plays uh, this um, kind of like in the twilight of his years, gangster guy who did oh, okay. 25 years in prison for basically took the rap for the, the, the capos, like something that like a murder that he did. So, and he wouldn't, uh, so Sylvester wouldn't, um, he wouldn't give up the, he wouldn't give up the goods. Um, Dwight Manfrini is his name. And so for 25 years, he spent in prison. He comes out, he wants to get back in the game and, because things have changed in the mafia organization, they send him to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he can go do whatever he wants, basically as a mobster. Um, 
So from there, he kind of like decides that he's going to like take over um, all the little dink and dunk crime things that are not really crime things, but like illegal to kind of shady businesses that are happening in, in there. One of them being like a weed dispensary that he kind of like takes over. And um, it's, it, it, I I can't, I don't know. I have no idea what to say. It's so insane. The show because insane. Like, like what well, is it like? Like it's like big giant, or? huge Stallone in this impeccable mafia pinky ring gear walking around Tulsa, Oklahoma, like befriending all the kind of like ne'er-do-wells and bartenders and weirdos. And he's, and they're all like, you know, like in, um, uh, in the expendables, how like, they're all like, kind of like bro buddies and they like kind of rib each other. And, uh, you know, that's how this is. Like, they're all kind of like, like they all kind of have these like discussions, like, Sounds good, buddy. See you later. You know, like it's very like they're very like close. I, it's weird, man. Huh. I like it, but it's a straight like. And again, I don't know um, if it's good or bad. I have no idea. Like it's just I watch it. I I can't tell if it's like so the, the greatest thing I've ever seen or if it's how how, how deep are you into it? I think I'm like just about done. I've watched like six of eight episodes. I think it, it's got like a lot of familiar faces uh that you've probably seen like max casala and uh dana delaney like people that you have seen before okay um and you know they they make this character kind of like this jesus figure he's very humble but he's also tough and he's not going to take any crap they beat up a bunch of bikers in one episode that are like a rival so I mean, if he's a gangster is he a good guy or bad guy if he's beating up these bad guys yeah so they they make him to be like a, a a gangster with the heart of gold okay and he's you know like fighting the good fight but he's also like in it for his peace and at the same time he's like uh kind of getting it on with this uh fbi agent who's kind of on his tail and she's like you know probably like in her late 40s and she finds out that stallone is 72 after they get together the first time oh. she's like what but um oh that's a nice ego thing for him yeah for stallone yeah yeah oh yeah for sure I and he's like you know he's like i love St- sylvester stallone for what it's he, worth like but he's such too. a like it's like him and schwarzenegger are such a strange museum piece like they're so like weird in anything they ever do because it's just them like in space or as an fbi agent or a mobster like it's just them plug them into this weird scene and it, it he's it's the weirdest show ever because yeah. also stallone is aged so strangely with all the plastic everything yeah but he still looks cool like he has the greatest sunglasses ever in the show they're phenomenal uh and he looks great like i mean as far as like his suits go and the dialogue sometimes you just hear stuff and you're like did they wrote this really this made it through because taylor sheridan like is the writer or creator i mean he's like the whole shooting match of all these shows yeah. and he's got like a hundred shows out so he must just be like cranking out these i imagine you could take one of his scripts and move it to another show and just put it in the characters and they'd be like all right everything's good um but with right. the like success of yellowstone you know it's like this this they, he was able to make something like this and again like um, it's just I I have no idea if it's good or bad. Kind of like Mayor of Kingstown. I don't know if it's good or bad. I just watched every episode. I liked it, but I couldn't tell you like 
like, oh, yeah, that's a good show. Or Man, that show sucks. No idea. But I, it's just completely a gray area that I'm filling my brain with. But uh, all right. So well, that it. sounds it sounds kind of fun. Sounds kind of fun. It's fun as hell. It's just yeah. I don't know what to make of it, but I love it. So right. that's my little corner soapbox so far is Tulsa King on Paramount. I love it. All right, my corner uh, this week is I think I'm going to still go with this theme of movies that hardly anyone's heard of. And this one is The Last Movie Star. Is it, are you talking about like The Last Action Hero? What are you talking about? No, no, no. no. This is The Last Movie Star. I know it sounds very similar. Um, oh, wait. This, is this the Burt Reynolds thing? Yes. Oh, yes. awesome. All right, cool. And it is, it's, uh, it's basically... When you're watching this film, well, the story is about this aging movie star, and he realizes he is at you know basically the end of his career. You see him in the beginning of the movie, and he's like hobbling around. And I mean, many times I feel that way now. I can't even imagine what this what this body is going to look feel like getting to his age. But he's just like he's all bent over, and he you know he's has trouble getting up and down out of chairs, and you really feel bad for him. And you're actually wondering, I know. He's not doing that well. Is is this is he acting, <laughs> or is this like they right. caught his antics on film? Um, but he's uh, he he doesn't look. It doesn't seem like he's got much of a career going. I mean, he just lives alone. Um, he has a. The movie starts out though. His his dog is sick and and dies, and he he takes it to a vet. You know, for it to be put down. I I guess the dog doesn't die, but it's. They put it down at the vet because it's not doing well at all. And, you know, he goes home in his rather large house and he's all alone. He gets together with his buddy, Chevy Chase, uh, who's not playing Chevy Chase, but he is he is another washed up old actor. And they're just sitting around. They, they, they're sitting outside. They're sitting outside, like drinking coffee at like a coffee shop watching across the street where an aerobics class is taking place. And just like these two dirty old men drinking coffee, you know, commenting on this, Burt Reynolds says to Chevy Chase that he got this thing in the mail that he is supposed to receive a lifetime achievement award at the, this Nash, Nashville film festival. And, and he goes, I've never even heard of this. And Chevy Chase is like, yeah, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, no. And he's like, he says, and he, uh, Burt Reynolds shows him the, the flyer that he's got. And he's like, look who it says here. There was, um, and it lists a bunch of like older stars that, that had also received this award. He goes, he goes, dude, you should go. You should go because they would, they'll pay for his flight. They'll pay for his hotel. Um, you know, and like, you know, really set him up. So he goes there and it's this, Basically, you know, kids in their 20s that appreciate movies and they, they do this like once a month kind of thing um, where they like basically put an actor or an actress on a pedestal and show films. But it like takes place in a back room at a bar. And it's just this, you know, it's hardly your idea of what a film festival is. And, you know, nothing Burt Reynolds was excited about it all and he's like all pissed off that he feels like he's been fooled 
from there the movie moves on and that's that's the setup you know what does he do does he go home how you know how, how what exactly happens there's a whole thing that takes place that puts ariel winter is uh the the, the sister of the brother that set up this festival and she is like his personal chauffeur but she is dressed kind of real skimpy clothes and and she's constantly on her phone she's texting while she's driving anywhere um and he's it's a really clash of like you know older generation newer generation and the antics that go on between them is just so great i mean the dialogue is beautiful and i i really really enjoyed this film i've seen it several times and i would highly recommend this film to anyone who likes burt reynolds that um that just likes a good good story it's a nice fun story i think that you can you know your family can watch it too depending on you know if if you don't mind your family listening to some swear words <laughs> so but it, it is rated r but it's it's a very it's a it's a it's a very nice movie and and some of the things that they've done too is when they're showing uh old movies in this film festival they are and and this they're not showing burt reynolds movies but they are because this guy's character's name is uh vic vic edwards so bruce sorry burt reynolds plays vic edwards so they're having this vic edwards film festival but they're showing old burt reynolds uh scenes and there's some really neat things that they do with that they uh they have old burt reynolds talking with new burt reynolds uh, I'm sorry, let me say that again. They have old Burt Reynolds talking with his younger self in these little film clips. And it's done really well. It's a lot of fun. So if you like Smoking the Bandit, if you like Deliverance and all those great um, Burt Reynolds films, this is just, a, I think, a super movie to kind of ends up his career, ends up his life. I think it was one of the last things that he did before he died. And I just think it's a beautiful film. Sounds good. What's it called again? It's called The Last... Jeez, I was going to say last action. The last movie star. Yeah, That movie sounds like uh, the one you're talking about, the Burt Reynolds movie. Another good suggestion, if you're not a Burt reynolds file, would be um, the movie Hooper, which is like another kind of like Burt Reynolds inside Hollywood sort of like thing. I saw it not too long in. ago. I saw it not too long ago. Love I love that movie. I loved it when I was a kid. But now it doesn't play so well with the whole Dom DeLuise silliness. It's just, when was the last time you saw it? Oh, shit, probably 10 years ago, at least. Oh, it, it, I'm telling you, it doesn't play as well today. Me and my brother, who are who were huge Hooper fans back in the day and the Red Trans Am and all that. I was going to say, that was the only reason yeah. everyone liked it, because it was I like, I love that movie. back with a Red Trans Am. But it's, it's, it plays so goofy now, and there's a lot of the, <laughs> you know, his silly laugh, and it's just, yeah, it doesn't work as well, but we have got to sample that for a drop. That was perfect. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was your corner. That was uh, my corner was Tulsa King with Sly. You had Bert. So we we're kind of going back old school on this stuff. What are we doing um, next time? So I saw a movie last night that I think we should talk about next time. Okay. Um, you want to give us a clue? Uh, yes, it is. I'll give you a very good hint. It's called The Fablemans. <laughs> Um, is it the Fablemans? You got it. perfect. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I saw the Fablemans last night at a really cool theater in Ann Arbor uh, called the Michigan Theater. Oh, yeah. So it was great to see it in that environment. 
Um, and I would like I have I have copious notes on this movie. Well, good. I have I, notes, um, sir. I saw it. I actually had purchased the film. I was looking forward to it, and so I purchased it. It was like twenty five bucks. So I have I own I own it. So I did. Uh, I got to see it way before you did, and um, <laughs> way before a lot of people that I know. Um, I think we're probably all waiting for it to come to some streaming service yeah uh, the ones that were kind of like mediocre on whether or not to see it or not we know it's well, spielberg so there's a there's a pretty good chance it should be good i mean i don't think spielberg I, spielberg's had some misses in the last uh few years so i don't know we'll have to see what we think of this well we'll talk about it next time but keep the uh keep the the people in suspense because i like i said i've got lots of notes uh i like to talk about the movie theater going experience a little bit because I went to the actual theater. And um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. Sounds good. All right. For Todd Stanton, my name is Eric. Thanks for uh, coming into the Media Tavern, and we will see you next time. Thanks again.